Okay, Shalom Aleichem everybody, thank you for joining us. Tonight is the night of Xmas, and we're, there's nothing better than current events. They asked our great prince of Torah, Harav Ovadia Yosef, that, is it okay to study Torah, immerse yourself in studying Talmud? Because there are many Hasidic Ashkenazi Jews that will absolutely not study Torah tonight because we're going to explain why. What is our halacha? What is our custom? What is the source? Why? What should we, what, what should be our custom? And why did the custom even, um, result in? And I wanted, since we're talking about Christianity and non-Jews, we are living in this blessed country of the US of A. I wanted to deal with a very, very important topic in the second half of the class is that a Jew is not allowed to be an accomplice and help non-Jewish people sin. So we're going to give a lot of... It's called... We know that we Jews... Can we give non-kosher to a fellow Jew? No. That's why we're not allowed to own non-kosher restaurants or non-kosher catering, right? Because we're not allowed to... The Torah says, don't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. If somebody... Which means... Don't give people bad advice. Don't throw people into a situation of sin. Now, believe it or not, this is such a serious thing that even we have obligation to help non-Jews become holy, not to go after the things that are forbidden to them. So that's going to be our relationship with the non-Jews. What's our ethical, moral, halachic authority? Okay, so first things first. Ravavadia says absolutely... What we're doing here tonight, we're studying Torah, and I really welcome, it's lovely to have all you guys here, <coughs> is <coughs> absolutely no problem. <coughs> and the reason for that is, is that we never heard, Baruch Hashem, we Sephardic Jews have had giants, like the Rambam, Maimonides, right? Giants, like Nachmanides, the Ramban, Right? The greatest personalities of Torah, greatest personalities of Jewish philosophy and law. And we know that they never, never in any of our books. And actually, who wrote the Jewish code, code of law? Rabbi Yosef Karo. Rabbi Yosef Karo nowhere says anywhere, so it's not our custom, nothing of this sort is brought down in the Rambam, in the Jewish code of law, the Shulchan Aruch, and none of our customs. So, we, tonight is like any other night for us, we study Torah, we're jolly, and we're merry in studying and dwelling into the Torah. Now, where does this even come up? Why, why do many people reluctant to study Torah? They have a custom. What is this whole thing about that they don't study Torah on Xmas, on uh, Xmas Eve? Because they say he was born the cheese and crackers, Jesus. They say he was uh, he was born tonight. So, I just want to make something very clear, and that is is that we know we're living in a. This is not a joke. Many places in the world, like in Kenya and Africa, 
people will ask you, if you're Muslim, they'll kill you, like ISIS or Al-Shabaab. And if you say you're Christian or Jewish, they'll kill you. If you say you're Muslim, they won't kill you. So, I want to make something very clear. Christianity, according to Torah, is considered idol worship. Because, especially Catholicism, they worship Mary, they pray to Mary, because they say a mother has more mercy, so I go to the son, or to God, we'll go to the mother. And we know, hundreds of thousands of Jews were burned alive, and sac- gave, gave the ultimate sacrifice. They were given the choice, become Christian, in the Spanish Inquisition, in the pogroms, in the Crusades, you know, Jewish history is full of blood. Every page of it, if you read it, do you know how many innocent Jews were killed? Christianity is idol worship. Even if your life is in danger, you're not allowed to be, say you're Christian, you believe in Jesus. You're not allowed to. Islam, on the other hand, because this is a very important premise, tonight is Xmas night, this is something very important for Jews to know this. But if on the other hand, if God forbid, you're on some tourist vacation in Africa, or in the Middle East, and somebody, you're, you're allowed to say Muhammad Rasulullah, you're allowed to say Ashad, Mashad, like the Mashadi Jews, we know. A whole city of Jewish people did this to just fake it because Islam is not idol worship, okay? So this is something very important to understand because the, there's a very important book called Ta'ameha Min Hagim. A great rabbi wrote the source for all, we know we Jews, we have a lot of exotic and interesting customs. So the Ta'amiyah Min Hagim says, how did this whole custom start to not learn Torah on the night of Xmas? So he says is that, you know, what happened is, we Jews have been scapegoats, especially in Europe. So what the Christians would do on this night is, if they saw any Jew walking around, let's say the, okay, there's a yeshiva that has a thousand students. So people are going to go out, get a coffee, smoke, you know, get some fresh air. Well, if they, if the non-Jews would see the Jews in the street, you know what they would do? They would beat them, sometimes to death. Because they said, you killed our God. Right? It's the night of Christmas. And they get drunk. So he says, the, the reason why the Ash, some Ash, Hasidic and Ashkenazi Jews don't study Torah tonight is because the rabbi saw that on the night of Christmas, so many Jews were murdered and raped and abused and like beaten almost to death that they said, tonight is a night we don't have any Torah classes, we don't have any yeshiva, we don't have any kolel. Everybody should turn off the lights and stay at home. Because if we if we wander in the streets, they're going to say, we're the murderer of their God, of Jesus. And many Jews were almost killed and killed and abused and beaten to death. So that's, he says, this is how this whole custom of the Ashkenazi started. So according to this, you're more than free to learn Torah at home, right? The reasons why the Ashkenazi rabbis of the time decreed that they said don't study Torah in the in the public public or in the in the temple because if you travel in and out, right, people are going to go home, grab a snack, grab a book, right. If we if we're in the streets on this night, many Jews were murdered, many Jews were raped, many Jews were beaten. So we don't want to mess with them on this night. Let's be secluded. Let's lock both of our doors, turn off the shut, you know, pearl the curtains, and not become a scapegoat, 
right? Because tonight is the night that they are ready to um, attack us. So according to this, there's absolutely no problem even for the Ashkenazim to study Torah at home. The whole reason it started is they didn't want the Jews wandering in the streets, going to yeshiva, going here, going there. But I also want to say that this custom Rabbi Vadya brings is a very heavy-duty thing because we know in... Guys, I studied to be a CPA and every business has a mission. This world also has a mission. When God created the world, there's a reason why He created it. And you know what it is? The reason why God created the world is that we, His servants, should pray to Him, have a relationship with Him, and understand Him. The greatest and most powerful mitzvah is the study of Torah. If one second in the Torah there would be nobody would study Torah, let's say, for example, everybody would be sleeping and everybody would be having, being jolly and fun. And no, not one Jew in the entire world would study Torah. You know what happened to the world? It would explode. It would go back to Tov The reason why God created the world is that people should be involved in the study of Torah. So, to tell entire, <coughs> to tell the entire nation of Israel not to study Torah is a very, Severe thing. Because you know Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, you know what the biggest sin is? To waste time. Just like the greatest mitzvah is to study Torah, the worst sin is to kill time. It's literally like murder. But it's even... Because when you murder somebody, can you bring him back to life? When you have opportunity to use your time productively. Now I'm not saying you have to study Torah and pray every second of the day. But... Time should be used. Time is a very precious thing. Once it goes, is it ever going to come back? So, Ravavadi also says, it says, let's say we Jews, like let's say a Jew says, oh, all the Hasidim and all the Chabad, they don't study Torah, so I shouldn't either. No. Be, be very careful. The biggest mistake you can make in your life is to take one night of your life, any night of your life, and just throw it out the door. Because, you know, the Talmud in Eruvin says the whole reason that God created night is to study Torah. God puts out at night, it's more peaceful, it's not hectic, you're not getting the phone calls, you're not hustling, you're not doing business. God meant the night to be a time of peace and quiet. And the Rambam writes actually, the Rambam says during the day he was a doctor. He said all of the knowledge of the Torah that I got was what? Night. At night. He said, it's impossible be, to become a knowledgeable, God-fearing Torah scholar if you waste your nights. Right? So this idea of like, you know, there's some people, they're simpletons. They're like, oh, they want to adopt any custom that is out there. This is not a logical custom for us Sephardic Jews. Now, we don't want to belittle any any other Hasidic or Chabad or Ashkenazi Jews, but for us to just... Uh, adapt something, you understand? That is causing us to do a severe sin of wasting time is totally, totally out of the question because you know the Talmud in Yerushalmi says one mitzvah leads to another and one sin leads to another. It says, God says, if you leave me one day, I'll leave you two days. So if you have like, let's say every night you study Tehillim, you read Tehillim or you study Torah, 
And because it's Xmas, you want to leave your schedule. You know what happens? When you break a good, good habit, it could be tomorrow also, you, you know, you've broken that posi- positive cycle of doing a good thing and maybe the next night also you're going to waste. And it, you know, so this is not a good idea to, to go after this. Now, we also have to give a tremendous amount of respect to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Chabad, they do not learn Torah tonight. Till midnight. After midnight they're allowed to learn it. But the Lubavitcher Rebbe also says, he says, the reason why they don't learn Torah tonight is because, you know, Jesus studied in a yeshiva. And when we, they hold, now this is a tremendous chidush. We don't believe in this, but this is their reason. They say, see, if we learn Torah tonight, we give him holiness. Because he was, he, he used to learn Talmud and this stuff, right? And we elevate his soul. So he, even the Lavabitcher Rebbe says, this is something for the, us that lived in the Christian countries. But the Jews that live in the Muslim countries like us, right? In Iran, it was an Islamic country. He says, so therefore, I don't believe that the uh, Sephardic Jews should accept my custom of not studying Torah because this is something having to do with us that live in a Christian country. But since... And it's very fascinating. If you look, I was looking in a history book, it shows them playing chess. <laughs> a lot of these Hasidic Rebbe's. Because, uh, they, they, it's a really, it's a legit, they're really serious about it. They say that since Jesus was a rabbi, if we study Torah on his birthday, he was born tonight, it, um, it elevates his soul. But this is absolutely not, and now, now I want to let you know, Rab Moshe Sofer, I don't know if you've been in Vienna, but, one of the greatest dynasties of rabbinic leaders in Europe was the Sofer family. The Khatam Sofer, Khatan Sofer, Katav Sofer. Rab Moshe Sofer is one of the greatest, most influential rabbis. They asked him about this question. Is it okay to learn Torah or not? And you know what he said? He said that, first of all, some people, they don't have uh, intimacy with their wife, or their wife doesn't go to mikveh. He said that's absolutely ridiculous. That's wrong, they should... Abolish that. But he says, he says another very interesting reason why the Ashkenazim have this, not to learn Torah. He says, you know what it is? He says the Catholics, they go to church on Christmas Eve to pray. So it says that, let me read it for you inside. He says, Everybody's in the church on Christmas Eve. Mishat chatzot ve'elech. And where, and they, you know where they would ha- have their mass? After midnight. So they would open their presents, and after midnight, or whatever, they would do whatever their eggnog, or I don't know. After midnight, they would start going praying. So he said, God forbid, this is a very logical reason, by the way. He said, God forbid, what would happen is, is that the, the Satan would say, oh look, millions of Christians are praying to you, to God, because you know, they believe in the Trinity, they do believe in, in our God also, they just say it's a whole happy family. There's a mother-in-law, father-in-law, it's a gansa, <laughs> mishpach over there. But the, uh, 
We say, he says, you know what happens is, if we learn Torah at the beginning of the night, and go to sleep at midnight, then all of them, millions of non-Jews are praising the Lord, this looks bad for us in heaven. So he says, the rabbis, in order that it shouldn't be bad luck for us, the Satan shouldn't say, oh, the non-Jews praise the Lord more than us. He says, that's why the rabbi said, go to sleep in the beginning of the night, and we'll show that on the night of Christmas, actually the Khatam Sofer says, it's the opposite. The reason why we don't learn Torah is we go to sleep, to sleep from like 8 to 12, then we get from 12 to midnight to learn Torah, to like kind of, it's like a spiritual war, to show that we also are so committed to the Torah that we're willing to wake up at midnight, understand? And learn Torah in order to, um, you know, kind of balance the scales and to show that, um, but getting back to the, the uh, bottom line is, all of the Sephardic rabbis would learn Zohar, v'chen na'agu olam, b'zohar kadosh, v'chen b'brakot, shalakam yisrael l'kitzom yishinato. There's, um, in the Talmud, first of all, in the Talmud, any, 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 if you look at all, you know, there's so much Jewish history and Jewish customs and laws for the Sephardic Jews. This is not brought down. So, um, bottom line conclusion of this part of the class is, is that, Absolutely, positively, it's actually a bigger mitzvah to learn Torah. You know why? Because we're off. So if every night of the year, I actually want to tell you an amazing thing. Because we're talking about studying Torah. Do you know the first two questions God asks you when you get to heaven is what? God will ask you six questions when you get to heaven. The first question He'll ask you is, were you honest in business? Because if you weren't honest in business, it shows that your belief in God was lip service, emunah. Because if God is giving you the money, right, we have to do our hishtadlut. Hishtadlut means as maharikat, as barikat. God is not going to make miracles for you. You have to go do your seven hour, eight hour, nine hour shift of work, right? But when you cheat in business, you're showing that, hey, why is God blessing? Who's bringing the blessing into the house? It's me. So therefore, let me ask you a question. If God is giving the blessing, would God bless you much by short-ending people and acting dubious and being a embezzling and being a cheater? So the litmus test of whether you really believe in God is what? If you're honest in business, right? But the second question God is going to ask you is, did you have a set time to study Torah every morning and every night? Right? So again, it goes without saying that of course this is, for us it's nonsense. I mean, we don't want to belittle the Ashkenazi or Chabad or anybody. They're, they, they're such spiritual and holy people, maybe much more holy or learned than us Sephardic. On, on a, but in this specific case, the Rambam says that light, night was considered for Torah. And if you, if you have a set schedule to study, like, I teach a class. Every night we study one page of Gemara, Daf Yomi. So why? Because if it's Xmas, we're not gonna give the class? No. The f- second question God, a- and actually they say the first thing that God punishes is for you. The first question God asks you is if you're honest. But the first thing He punishes you is if you wasted your time and you didn't study Torah. So therefore, your conscience should be clear. 
It's a bigger mitzvah to study Torah because actually, you know, some people, they're going to go to God and they're going to say, God, you know why I didn't? God's going to say, why didn't you have a set time to study Torah every morning and every night? He's going to say, God, I was working. So then God says, okay, Shabbat, why you ate cholent and you slept all day? Shabbat, you should have learned the parsha and studied Torah. So actually, when some, there could be a little bit of an excuse when we're busy, overwhelmed by work. But actually tonight where we're, there's every, the whole city is asleep. It's actually, it's a bigger mitzvah to Torah. It's more of an obligation. You hear where I'm going? It's more of an obligation because there's nothing too cumbersome. There's nothing cumbersome. There's nothing to bother us. So in talking about non-Jews, I wanted to go. My friend's father wrote this book. He's a really great rabbi. He's one of the chief rabbis of Mexico City. He wrote an entire book about Jews and non-Jews. How we have to interact with them on Shabbat. Because you know, Nate, there's a lot of halachot on Shabbat. Like let's say you don't have light, you don't have heat. Are you allowed to tell a non-Jew to turn on the fire and this and that? And it's a fascinating book. He talks about every aspect of our relationship with the non-Jews. So since tonight is um, Xmas, I wanted to go to the second part of the class for the next 5-10 minutes, and we'll wrap it up. Something we have to understand, like I said before, is is that... Now, we talked about the Rebbe of Lubavitch. I want to tell you something very important. We Jews, and this is such a beautiful thing that difference that separates us from the Muslims and the Christians. The Muslims and Christians says basically, if you're not a Muslim or a Christian, you're going to go to hell. Like they say, we Jews are going to go to hell because we don't believe in the in their Messiah or in their uh, Ahmad or Ahmad or whatever. So we, uh, but actually. This is something very important. We believe a non-Jew that keeps seven commandments, seven, look at me here, seven commandments, they will go to heaven, just like us. Of course, we will have a higher place and much more beneficial relationship because it's like poker. The more chips you have, the more, right? No pain, no gain. So we had to keep kosher. We had to do a million other things that they didn't have to do. But we believe Hasideh Umot HaOlam, the Talmud in Sanhedrin, and the Rambam brings this. We clearly, all opinions believe, righteous non-Jews will go to heaven, just like us. They just have to keep what? Seven commandments. Now what are the, who knows the seven commandments? It's good to know this. Because the Rebbe of Lubavitch said, you know, there's two things you could find anywhere in the world. Coca-Cola and Chabad. So, the, uh, he said it was a mitzvah when the Jews go to all these exotic places is to get like the non-Jews to accept the seven, their seven commandments because we're doing a tremendous favor. We're giving them a one-way ticket to heaven. And the first commandment, it goes with the Aleph bet. The first commandment the non-Jews have is Ever Minachai. Do you know what that is, Eitan? Ever Minachai is animal cruelty. Non-Jews are not allowed to just rip off, you know, guys, the world used to be a very savage and barbaric place. Unfortunately, we see in the Middle East and what they did in San Bernardino, some people still have that barbarism in them, but... People used to 
Because uh, actually somebody explained this to me. They didn't have refrigerators. So you know what they used to do to a poor animal? Like their cow? They used to just rip off as the animal was alive. It's cut off its leg. Or cut off its, uh, you know, some of its fat to eat. Because they wouldn't want to kill the animal. Because if they kill the animal, the, 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 in two, three days, within a day or two, all the meat would rot. So this way the animal would still be alive. But the poor thing would what? Be what? So the first commandment the non-Jews have is it's forbidden for them to be cruel to an animal. If they want to eat an animal, you know what they have to do to it? They first have to kill it. They don't have to do shechita, like being a rabbi and like, but at least they need to kill the poor animal before they rip off its arm or leg. The second commandment is, thank God in America they're doing the second commandment very nicely. God expects of the non-Jews that they should have a court system. They should have a civil law. So, because you know, you saw in LA the riots. If there's no police and civil law and courts, people will eat each other alive. So, by the way, God told these seven commandments to Adam, and He told them to teach it to His kids. And again, when, when Noah, it says in this in the Talmud, when Noah came out of the uh, ark, because if God is our Creator, obviously He's going to give us some... Um, Rules and regulation. And the beautiful thing for them is if they keep these seven, they go to heaven. Seven to heaven. Never forget that. So if you have a not, if you have a very close Jewish friend, is a mitzvah to teach him this. We should actually teach our custodian Elio. Nate, remember. We're gonna have to teach Elio this seven. So the second one is that the, the non-Jews need to have a law and order, a court system to pro, so the, the uh, criminals will be prosecuted and the good people, innocent people will be protected. The second, the third commandment they have is, you know what? They can't steal. Right? That's logical. They can't do embezzlement, they can't steal. The fourth commandment is, is that they can't curse God. They have to respect God. The fifth commandment is, they can't do homosexuality. They can't do sleep with a married woman. They have to keep the sexual laws of the Torah. They can't sleep with their sister. They have to keep the ethical sexual conduct, right? They're non-Jews according to the Torah are not allowed to sleep with married women. They're not allowed to sleep and rape their sister or sleep with their aunt or do homosexuality or bestiality. And I want to tell you, if the Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, would, if Mashiach, if we had a temple, and the Sanhedrin would be there. If they would warn a non-Jew not to do this, they would, we would, I want to tell you something. These seven commandments, we would, we would, uh, execute them if they didn't keep it. Let's say a non-Jew lives in Israel, right? And we have the Jewish Supreme Court, and we see him stealing. We kill him. Because they only have seven commandments, but they better keep these seven commandments very carefully. Mm-hmm. So, they can't murder. Okay? So how many did we say so far? They can't um, commit adultery. And the... Yeah, they can't murder. They can't kill. They can't steal. They have to have a court system. They can't do animal cruelty. And they can't murder. That's the last one. Okay? Those are the seven. So if a non-Jew keeps these seven... Now what does this have to do to us? 
one of the worst things in Judaism is, you know what? To cause another person to sin, right? So let's say, one of the things that is destroying us, it's Christmas and we need to talk about it. Right now, it is the worst, dangerous time in Jewish history. Worse than the Holocaust. You know why? Because Jews, we're living in a democracy and we're in a melting pot in America. And unfortunately, between 60 and in the younger crowd, 70% of non-Jews, of Jews are marrying who? Non-Jews. Non-Jews. Many Jews don't even, are not even reformed conservative orthodox. They're totally, like, there's almost half Jews, if you, in the surveys, they say we don't have any religion. They don't identify with Judaism. So, we are living in a very, very, very dangerous time. Now, let's say your friend wants to date a non-Jew. One of the worst sins is to support him. The Torah says, don't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. This is only a metaphor, which means if somebody doesn't know about something, don't push him to the dark side, right? Don't push him into a hole. We're not allowed... Like Rabbi Vadia Yosef brings, if you're not, he says in Israel, you're not allowed to have a woman's shop that sells sexy clothing. Clothing that the women, it shows their places that need to be covered. You know why? Because by selling, having such a store, women's clothing store, you're causing all the women to walk around unmodest, unmodest and half naked. We're not allowed, the same way we have to keep the Torah, each Jew is what? Call Israel Aredim Zelazah. You know what that means? Each Jew is responsible for the other. And we can't say, oh, well, I'm not sinning, I'm just helping him sin. Can we do that? No. Now, the amazing thing is, this even applies to non-Jews. So it's very important for us to know these seven mitzvahs of the non-Jews. You know why? Let's say you have a friend, Christian Dior. Okay? Or you have a maid. I'm going to give you uh, four or five different examples. Do you know... I want to tell you something It's going to boggle your mind. We said the last commandment that the non-Jews have to keep is murder. Do you know abortion for them is even more severe according to the Talmud and Halacha than us? Let's say you have, you know, a very nice custodian, assistant, worker, maid. She's been working you for 20 years, right? And lo and behold... She does, she, she gets pregnant. Are you allowed to pay for her abortion? No. No. See, a lot of people don't know this. Kasher, and Rabbi Peretz brings this in his book. If you want to look at it, it's called Ben Yisrael Amin. This is Pashut, this is in the Talmud Abu Zara. It's clear. I just want to tell you something, this is going to boggle your mind. It used to be in Israel and in the Middle East, a lot of non-Jews used to sleep with animals. It says you're not, if you go to a non-Jewish hotel, you have to keep your donkey with you. You can't give it to the non-Jew. This is in the Talmud. Because he may sleep with him. And you're causing even a non-Jew to no sin. Way, no way. There's a Gemara, I'll show you. Wow. I, I oh, learned, really? the, I, I've taught the Gemara of Odezara twice. It's right there in the beginning. So, a, example of, now I just want to tell you something clear about this halacha. If, let's say, you know, does anybody know what a Nazir is? Yeah. 
a Nazarite, like Samson. You know, Samson was a Nazarite. He made his hair long and he didn't eat, drink wine. Now let's say you're on one side of the river and Samson is on the other side of the river. There's no way for Samson to get the wine. So if you get a paddle boat and go give Samson wine, that's a very severe sin. That's even forbidden from a Torah level. Because without you, he wouldn't have sinned. Samson says, oh my dear, my best friend, get your paddle boat, bring me the wine. Or come cut my hair. He doesn't have scissors. So if you go jump in your paddle boat or in your motorboat or whatever, and go give Samson wine or give, give him, you give him the scissors to the hand, that is the most severe type of what? Sin. But let's say Samson has scissors at his house. He's just hanging around your house and he says, can you give me some wine? Even then, rabbinically, we shouldn't do it. Even though, kind of like, if you wanted to give it to him, he would have just gone across the street to his own house and took in the scissors. But even rabbinically, the rabbi said, you shouldn't be partners in crime. Same thing with a non-Jew. If you're, if you're, you shouldn't get involved. Don't get yourself involved because you're going to get a bad, bad, Guys, we're in this world to get good credits from God. If you cause your maid to get an abortion, that's a big problem. 